Gatherers, and welcome to episode 152 of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. On tonight's episode, we are reviewing the latest from Seven Dust called Truth Killer. We're going to take a look at two songs from Prong. One just came out, and the other one came out, I believe, in January, but we hadn't talked about it yet, so we're going to hit those two things. And we're going to talk about some opening bands that we had seen at uh, concerts that then maybe made our playlist afterwards. It was a happy find at a concert. So we're going to talk about those. If you like what you're seeing here tonight, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. And feel free to share this with your friends. And joining me, as always, it's the lovable Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. You keep using this word. You I know what? I... Me- I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. You know, as I was watching that intro again, um, is it Kevin who's next to you? I can't think of his name. He looks like Christian Bale. Kevin who's next to me. The guy. Uh, oh, don't yeah, act yeah. like you don't know. It's your good, close, personal friend from the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, you're not wrong. He looks a little Baleish. You're not wrong. Hey, um, we have a special guest tonight. Somebody's going to class up the show a little bit. Let's hope. <laughs> Can't hurt, right? He is the drummer from Jack the Radio. He's a fellow hometowner, which was so weird when they came on the show and we realized yeah. he went to the same school you went to and I work at, which is really kind of fun. And um, he's coming to us all the way from the Carolinas. It's Kevin Rader Rodenbaugh. Oh, no song for me, huh? Well, hi, Kokomo <laughs> Bros. Uh, so good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. I we can't, that would make me feel bad, but in... I don't. I don't have a theme song. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should write you one. We can't play you in with music because any music we would use, they'd kick us off YouTube. So because it's uh, copyrighted, could, could have used some of ours. <laughs> <laughs> they'd still kick us off until we yeah. like appealed it, uh, and yeah. Facebook would kick us off too. Oh. Because they're haters, so draconian. It is very weird. Yeah, like you are on here. It's your song. We'll start playing it, and they'll boot us because we didn't get permission from the uh, musician. Yeah, awful. I don't know. Anyway, so how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Well, we are. uh, Yeah, we're doing really well. Um, Great weekend hanging with the hanging with my boys. We saw we did a Barbenheimer weekend. We saw Barbie Friday night and went down to Indianapolis and saw Oppenheimer on the IMAX. Good times. Mm-hmm. Both great films. They are. I I I've, I've not seen either, but I hear they're both great. So Yeah, for very different reasons, but yes, <laughs> they're, they're wonderful. And I'm going to throw the turtles on there. It was excellent. Nice. And uh, soundtrack was killer, <laughs> and the score from uh, Reznor and Ross was was killer as well. It was uh, good. It's like 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's awesome. That's insane. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, before we get jumping into other people's music, do you have any uh, updates or anything you want to sneak in here about Jack the Radio? Oh, you're talking to me? <laughs> Certainly not talking to Monday. Uh, let's say. see. Let's see any updates. I actually meant to write some down. I believe we've got um, another new track dropping on the 11th is, is that friday is that a, if that's a friday i believe yes yep so new new track uh, we're gonna start shooting 
some videos coming up this week. I'm not sure what the release date is on those, but we we should have a new track out this Friday and then another one, I think, early September. So we're they're slowly, you know, slowly dropping. Very cool. Very Are you able to um, tell us the title of the track? Uh, let's see. The one that's coming out is called Walk All Over Me. Yeah, I saw that on, uh, I think George posted about it or something. Yeah, I did too. We've been teasing it all week. So, oh, yeah. 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 You guys did the the pictures with the red background. And, yeah. yeah, I did see yours as well. Yeah, we did the individual photos and all yeah. that, which is always, you know, there's a little bit of trepidation on my part when we do those things. I feel kind of weird putting my, uh, just, just the picture of me up. It feels kind of strange, but, you know, <laughs> I'm a team player, so we're doing it. <laughs> it's promo stuff you know yeah, yeah yeah i get it i get it yeah well we're excited that'll be cool we uh my guess is next week we'll be talking about that song on the show no oh, that would be excellent we, we always appreciate it so yeah that may actually be the whole show so there you go <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not that long of a song <laughs> yeah your your songs typically aren't you know marathons well, you guys keep them right in that pocket uh the three to four. five right uh, yeah, three to five minutes. G generally, closer to the four or five minutes, probably. But some yeah. of them are a little, little shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Not a lot well, of sections, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing prog songs that go eleven minutes. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. That's right. That's a challenge, though. Putting it in right now. <laughs> prog. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's get to the challenge this week. And um, actually, we were at the concert last week and I looked over at Monday and said, hey, I think I got the challenge. And it was um, to basically talk about a band or a couple of bands that you either connected with or you learned about at a show that you were at to see the main mm -hmm. person. And all of a sudden this opening act comes out and you're like, how are they good? So um, that was the challenge. We can come up with as many as you want or as few. So um, just to break him in, we're not going to make him go first. But uh, Monday, you want to start off with one of yours? I had a question first. Like when we were sitting there, what made you think of that? I have no idea. My little brain. Because that, I think that was actually during the opening act, right? That was, it was. during Snafu. Yeah. And I had a feeling that if I listened to their music, it probably would sound okay. There were times I thought yeah. they really sounded good, but um, yeah. I don't know that they're necessarily for me, but I just kind of snuck in there. Right. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. <coughs> um, so what you got? So I have like a main one and I have a couple of like honorable mentions. Will you, do you want me to kill the, kill the main one or just hit it? Do what you want. Okay. All right. So what immediately came to mind for me was corn. I actually, their first album came out in 94 and it really, I don't know. It, I think I heard some of it or a song or two and I was like, eh, you know, whatever. Wasn't really into it. Our good mutual friend JPP was trying to actually get me into it. He's like, you gotta, you gotta listen to these guys. And I just kept blowing it off and blowing it off. And we went to a concert that was, I believe it was Fear Factory, Flotsam and Jetsam, Corn, and Megadeth. And 
we already knew Fear Factory and Flotsam and Jetsam. We love them. And of course, Megadeth, you know, whatever. <laughs> Legendary. But uh, Korn, when they came on and played, absolutely blew my mind. They were so good, so energetic, and just new, just different. At that time, like no one sounded like that. Mm-hmm. And it really just blew my mind. And I've, you know, been a fan since. So I've seen yeah. them live several times. Yeah, that loose bass is super awesome. So I bet that's I could live. I could do without that, actually. That kind of <laughs> gets <laughs> old after a while. Yeah, but that's so part funny. of what makes them so unique. It is, it is, but I'm like, you know. Dude, you can tighten those strings a little bit. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because that is my qualm with corn. Yeah. Uh, I, I get a headache when I listen to that bass. I can't. That bass. It's yeah. just that bass tone. I can't get past it for some reason. But I like There's, a lot of their songs. It's just, I, I can listen to like two songs and then I'm done because of that bass just wears on me after a while. I feel like that's a common complaint with musicians are like, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. Cool. What year was that when you saw him? Uh, it had to be. Well, the album came out in 94, so it had to be. And it was at Deer Creek. So it would have been summer. So probably maybe 95. Yeah, okay. Cool. That's a, that's a good one. I wouldn't have thought about that one because I would have thought you would have been on board with that from day nope. one. Yeah, that's nope. surprising. Was All right, not. Kevin, you want to share one of yours? Sure. You know, this, I thought when you told me what this challenge was going to be, I thought this was going to be easy. I thought, oh, surely there are a lot of those. And then I, as I started thinking about it, I started realizing that I seldom go to a live show where I don't have some familiarity with all the bands that are going to be there. Um, and then I remembered that I went to, I don't know if you're familiar with John Moreland, but uh, John Moreland is a, um, singer songwriter kind of uh, Americanic kind of guy out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we went to a small club called the cat's cradle back back room. Cat's cradle is a fairly famous club down here uh, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where a lot of the national acts, the smaller national acts that come through play there. Uh, Cracker plays there when they come, but that, that size mm. of, of band plays there. Uh, now they have a, a little back room. That's a smaller club. And they have a lot of local shows, but then also some regional and some smaller national acts. And there was a national act coming through that I went to see. And this is how much I like John Moreland. I don't remember the name of the band who headlined that show. It was <laughs> something honey or honey something. And I know they're still around and they've had some songs and some uh, TV shows and things of that nature. Not mud John- honey. <laughs> not not, not my I have seen them like wonderful wonderful show long time before that I saw what is. Um but anyway, so so uh John Moreland comes out and you kind of I, I say this to kind of set the the mood of it so you understand the mood of it. You know, they introduce him, he walks out, he's this huge guy, probably six, I would say he's probably six three, six four, something like that, probably around 350, 400 pounds. Mm. His guitar looks like a ukulele. He comes, <laughs> he comes out and he sits down and he's got this ball cap on. He's a very somber looking guy. And he starts playing these songs and not a sound out of the audience the entire show. Every, anytime he stopped playing, de- they would clap and then it's dead silence. 
nobody's talking while he's playing and it's just a guy with a guitar because he was so captivating. And now it's an event. Anytime he comes to town, we make sure we go and see him. I, I, it's, it's really rare that you see somebody get up with an acoustic guitar and sing, you know, cause you've, we've seen that a million times, right? The guy sitting there at a bar with a guitar sing. It's rare that you see somebody who can command an audience like that. And he really does that. So John Moreland, Zoe says. John, John Moreland is the guy's name. In fact, I talked to him after that show. He was sick that night. Um, oh, wow. and he was, and he was talking about how he needed to get better because he was about to leave on tour to open for Jason Isbell on his European tour. So he was just on the cusp of becoming a name at, at that time. Um, and now oh. he's now, he, now he's kind of known, but he's a little bit of an underground guy. Yeah. Cool. I love that you forget you don't even know who the headliner was. That's awesome. I mean, I asked I asked my wife, I said, Do you remember who the band was he was open for? She's like, I have no idea. I know we left halfway through. So well, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I I have a similar story. I didn't even think about it for this, but when um the Stones came through Indy, uh it was at the RCA Dome, which is a crappy venue anyway, but um Counting Crows was a lot better than the Stones were on that night. And I like Counting Crows a lot, but I could see them in a much uh, smaller venue, just the way that they are. But, you know, but the RCA Dome, they didn't do too bad. So, I don't know. That was cool. Yeah. All right. So, my choice, uh, this little guy, it's funny. Now, I think uh, the first concert I ever went to was Billy Idol opened for Minute Work. Um that's not my choice because I already knew who Billy Idol was because I had a a set of generation X and, and then white wedding and all that stuff came out. So I already knew, but kind of interesting that they opened for minute work and then they just disappeared. But um, so my choice was, and this was really recent too, Monday. So I was a fan of Volbeat, but very casual, very casual. Mm -hmm. And then we saw them, they were the, there were four bands for Slipknot and they were the ones right before Slipknot. They were so good live. I absolutely love their performance live. That after that, they did, got on regular play for me, and uh, I really dig them a lot. And their lead singer has got such a commanding voice. He is excellent. So yeah, Michael. So it was one that grew on me because of a an opening act. Yeah, yep. yeah. We could have seen more of that show, but hmm, that's a story for another time. It is indeed a story for another time. So <laughs> and, and it makes I know I miss Gojira because of that. So. Oh. oh no, I'm so mad. So so great. That goes here is so great live. I know. I, I will get there eventually. Uh we got a shout yeah. out to Kevin from JPP. Hey, JPP. Sorry, I missed you in town. So yeah, man. I was sorry to not see you. So. We'll do it again. Yeah. All right. Anybody else have any other ones to share? I do. I got a couple. Hit them. Let's hear. So Another a recent one for me was uh, in twenty. I think it was November twenty nineteen. Uh, JPP and I went to the Vogue in Indianapolis. To the well, the headliner was Guar. We were not there to see Guar. <laughs> uh, I have never been a huge fan of Guar. Very casual fan. I just like a couple of their songs. I'd never seen them. Was not interested in being covered in all of their <laughs> wonderful goo and whatever. The Vogue seems um, like an odd place for them to play. That's where they go when they hit indie. Wow. Okay. Like every time, I think. 
But uh, we went to see uh, Sacred Reich. We, I've been a fan of theirs, you know, since the early 90s. So it was cool to finally see them. But the opener was Toxic Holocaust. And holy crap. I mean, just straight up face melting thrash metal. I mean, straight out of the 80s. It was amazing. <clears throat> and that again, that's a band I've heard about for a long time. Never really paid much attention to them, but I'm a fan now because wow, they were amazing. Awesome. And you know, the Vogue, that's just a great place to see a show. I love it is. you know, clubs that size are just perfect. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, a little better acoustically than the RCA dome. Probably, yeah, <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Probably, Kevin. Did you have any other ones? Uh, I did. I did not have any any other ones um, that I of bands that I had not heard before. There were bands that uh, when I once I saw them that I kind of liked, but um, yes. but then once I saw them live, became a mm -hmm. huge fan. Um, the biggest one I thought. Anytime somebody says the words "opening band." I think of Rage Against the Machine at Lollapalooza, the year they opened Lollapalooza. Yeah. Because we, I worked at a record shop in Muncie, Indiana. I, I don't know if you knew One Music that was in Muncie, Indiana for a while. I worked at a record shop there. And we got a demo tape of them. And we had been listening to them a little bit. And we really liked the few songs. I think it was a three-song demo. Uh, and we went to see them at that show. And they just blew everybody else off the stage. And after that, I was just, you know, mm -hmm. huge rage fan, you know, yeah. just amazing energy. And um, yeah, so that's, that's one of the big ones that I think about when I think about opening acts. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. I uh, had, uh, I, I had one other one, okay. but it, it's, I didn't choose it because I liked them at the time, but they fell off. It was, um, they opened for Rush back in 90, maybe it was Mr. Big, when they first started. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I liked them. I just didn't continue following on that trail after a few years. And they've got some good songs and everything, but they were a great opening act at that time. Mr. Big, I mean, there, there's so much musical talent in that band. Mm -hmm. I I love them. I think they're amazing. I, I have their first album on vinyl still. Mm -hmm. um and they're actually doing a farewell tour right now they're in mm -hmm. they were in asia i think they just played in japan so i don't know if they're touring asia right now but uh and billy sheehan i mean mm -hmm. i just saw billy sheehan not too long ago mm -hmm. with the winery dogs so yeah. big fan big big fan yeah all right i think you had another one monday uh, I got two more real quick. Uh, one, uh, another show at the Vogue. Uh, I'm a big rockabilly fan. Uh, I've seen Reverend Horton Heat at the Vogue several times. I've seen him in Bloomington at the Bluebird. Um, always amazing. One of the shows at the Vogue, there's a band opening up for him I had never, ever heard of. And they're called Murder by Death. They're actually, I found out later, they're actually from Bloomington. Like they started because they were all students at IU. Um, so, but man, they were amazing. It's like uh, two, three, I think it was, they were a four piece at the time. 
uh, the singer, guitar player, bass, drums, and uh, the they had a female on cello and keyboards or piano or whatever. And they were amazing. Like I, I bought two of their CDs. I bumped into the bass player and he gave me, he was like soaking wet from sweating being on stage. And I was like, Hey, I just bought your CDs. And he gave me like a big old bear hug. And I was like, uh. <laughs> so, but yeah, they were pretty awesome. And then we saw them. I saw them again at a headline show at birdies in Indianapolis. So great band they're still around they're still doing stuff uh they play what is it called uh the hotel that was they filmed the shining in what's the real name oh, of it is it the overlook? one in colorado yeah is, is the overlook that's is that the fake name that's or, the fake that's the fake name yeah okay whatever that hotel is they play a show there every i think they might play new year's eve there every year like it's yeah, it's a weird thing, but it's the Stanley Estes Stanley. Park Hotel. Yes, the Stanley. That's right. So, but they're still around. They're still making music, so they're having a bit of success. So it's cool to see uh, Indiana band doing well. Cool. And my other one was there was a while that uh, I went to a lot of shows in Chicago for a couple of years, and. There's this little hole in the wall place that I do not know the name of on the south side of Chicago in a questionable neighborhood. But uh, <laughs> um, I, I love this band. I mentioned the rockabilly. I also love the psychobilly stuff. So there's a great band called the Horror Pops. And um, it's all, you know, like kind of horror and gothy themed rockabilly stuff. Excellent excellent band um saw them several times saw them at this place in chicago and one of the bands opening up was a band called left alone never heard of them they took the stage it's like kind of i mean it's really like kind of punk and ska stuff and they were fantastic same thing like i bought a couple of their cds and they were awesome they had their singer <laughs> His name, I can't remember his last name. He's he's Hispanic and his name is Elvis. Hmm. But I can't remember his last name. But they're they were super fun, really good band, and they just absolutely blew me away. I was I was a fan after that. So those are the ones that came to mind for me. Awesome. Always love finding new music. Well, you win because you came up with more than we did. So get used to it, Kevin. He wins every challenge on the stinking show. Yeah, I, I let him win. I, let, I was guessed. I thought it'd be rude if I didn't let him win. No, somebody needs to <laughs> knock him down a peg or two. He wins every freaking thing we do. Yeah. Uh, JPP just chimed in and sent us a couple. It says three notable opening acts I saw were Failure at the second stage yeah. at Lollapalooza, The Young Gods for Ministry, and Pop Will Eat Itself for Nine Inch Nails. Yes. And I, he told us the failure story um, on one of the shows. So, so I, well, I, I can was, find that number. I was there for the other two. <laughs> so uh, the Young Gods was, they were, yeah, I, those two I didn't mention because I already knew them before we saw them. But yeah, excellent. I mean, great, great to see someone you're like, oh, hey, I like those guys. And they were opening for huge bands at the time. So 
Pop Elite itself was amazing. They were they were really cool. That's a highly underrated, uh, I guess, industrial kind of band. I'm writing I, it down. The uh, the young gods were cool when they came on stage. Like they had their entrance music playing, and the guy comes to the microphone. He's like, "We are the young gods. We are from Switzerland, and this is what we do." <laughs> they started. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, that's great." Oh lord. All right, Pop Elitas. Okay. Got some new things to check out tonight. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Well, that wraps up the challenge. And we don't have one for next week because the show is going to be completely dedicated to one song. <laughs> Jack the Radio. We don't have time for anything else. It's going to be a big show. So um a lot of actually lot of if we figure out the <laughs> challenge midweek, we'll post it somewhere. But uh, we're gonna break it right down now. note by note, bar by bar. That's right. Yeah, just ignore the drums. We're going to break the drums out. We're going to listen to only that. Good. Set up Good. a metronome and make sure he's in time. Uh, nothing I haven't had to do several times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that brings us to our first review of the evening, which is Prong, uh, Breaking Point, and Non-Existence. So Breaking Point came out in January. Is that correct, Monday? I think so, Yeah. It's when non-existence dropped, it's kind of a single with the two songs together. Yeah, and now it's got um, the full album with all the titles is now listed, and it's got those two out, two songs you can listen to. So it just did not have uh, a release date. Doesn't it? I thought I put that on the list. I thought it was like October 6th or something. Pretty mm-hmm. sure I put that on the list. Anyway, here, when, but... whenever it comes out, we'll probably be reviewing that. So It's definitely 2023 is all I see, but... Um, yeah, we'll definitely review it based on what we've heard so far. So, um, all right, do you want to start well, off with Breaking Point? I mean, it's not like I'm not a fan or anything. So. Do you have any pictures you could show us Monday? <laughs> uh, yeah, we might have that. Hmm. I have Let a little see. bit of a history with Prong. Really? Do tell. So, the black and white, this one here was when this is Tommy Victor, me with Tommy Victor from Prong. And this was when they played here in Kokomo. And I could not like for a while we had a club here called Center Stage and they would bring in these acts. I'm like, why are these people playing in Kokomo? It makes no sense. Like Hatebreed played here, which I didn't get to see. Uh, Soulfly I saw at Center Stage in Kokomo, Indiana. Insane. <laughs> Seven, Seven Dust played there. Uh, and Prong. And I was like, I mean, it's literally like five minutes from my house. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to go. So, yeah, so they got done. Part of it was a bar. Part of it was the club where they had the show. So Tommy and the guys were just hanging out in the bar after the show. And I, you know, got a picture with Tommy and talked to him for a few minutes and super nice guy. But yeah, this so this one was in Kokomo. Oh, my gosh. So, Paul, so. Paul's comment here, 15 opening acts before the headliner. When Prong played, that's not much of an exaggeration. There were so many bands that played. And, I mean, they're, like, local and regional. And I'm like, oh, my God, will this ever stop? Because they were all terrible. (laughs) It was insane. But, yeah, so anyway. So then this one. Well, at that show in Kokomo, so this this picture you're seeing here is me with Art Cruz, who was the drummer for Prong at the time, and is now the uh, 
drummer for Lamb of God, which we just saw. He is fantastic. Oh my God, he's he would, so he would, good. He would have to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's amazing, and he sounded killer at the show that we just went to. His skills but, are to die for. Ha! Yeah. And he looks like he's about, um, I don't know, 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, about time was, to hang it up over here. This was <laughs> maybe like 2016, 17. Uh, so it's okay. been a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, cool. But uh, so, yeah, so Paul met our like they kind of started talking and Paul was working at a place at the time that uh, I won't mention in case he doesn't want me to bring it up. But but Art kind of connected with Paul over where he was working and they exchanged emails and ended up, you know, I think Paul did a little bit of work for Art, which he I'm sure he will let us know. But so they had a connection and Art was like, hey, man, if we're ever coming through your neck of the woods and you want to come to the show, let us let me know. But so we did. <laughs> they came and played indie and Paul hit him up and he put us on the guest list and got us in for free. And so it was pretty cool. But so that's me and Art right there. And then that's me and Tommy from the neck from the same show. So they're just super sweet guys. Super, super nice. Um I mean, you know, that's you never know how that's going to go when you meet guys from a band that you like. So, you know, it's you have interactions like this with Art and Tommy and then you meet guys like Kevin and it's like, eh. <laughs> I get no what well, gotta gotta keep you grounded, man. We yeah. we lost a bet. That's why Kevin's on tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Not, mean, so, yeah. I lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> you got totally hosed. <laughs> it was going to be me or George. <laughs> but, yeah, and you see, like anybody that's watching, I'm wearing a prong shirt. So I, I've been a fan of theirs since, you know, probably 1990-ish, around there somewhere. So I don't, I will, I will check out anything Tommy ever does. So. Well, the good cool. news is, I don't know how you boys felt, but I really enjoyed these two songs that we're talking Same. about tonight. So, yeah. um, Breaking Point um, really hits with me lyrically because it feels like exactly what's going on in education in Indiana right now. Okay. Um, I love it. Um, the line that says, they demand that you agree with ideas you can't believe. Thoughts are banned. Like, it's true. I mean, they want liberty for everybody, but it's really liberty for themselves and you just better get on board and it's crazy what's going on. So, uh, that really hit home with me. Yeah. I breaking point for me. Um, I, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there about the lyrics. And I mean, it, it, this is just, I actually, both of these songs in different ways, I think are quintessential Prong. I mean, breaking point comes in, you immediately have the pinch harmonics, which Tommy is super famous for. He does so much of that. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, kind of heavy, <laughs> hits you over the head, you know, just kind of balls out jam, which Prong is so good at. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kevin? Yeah, well, so um, I was... I went by the the video that I was sent by Jeremy, and I think I only got non-existence. I, I don't know that I 
is non-existence is the one with all the ooh rhyming at the ends of the it's yes. the brand new one yes yes so that's that, the brand new one that yeah. just came out yeah okay it, that's the that's the only one that i got so okay I apologize. that's fine I, did, I didn't listen to the other one so no that's fine that's yeah. totally it, fine that's our um, fault. All right, we'll just move on then. It was good. I liked it. It's a really yeah. hard song. So non-existence. What did you think of that, Kevin? I know uh, you broke that one down. Let's hear that, it. That I, that I do have a few thoughts. On. I, I really liked it. Um, I, I don't listen to Prong a lot. I have seen Prong live um, years ago. I don't know if it was, it was a, a side stage at um, Deer Creek. I don't know if it would have been Lollapalooza okay. or if it would have been an X-Fest. But they had a, it was the year that... Um, Space Hog was also on the same stage with them, okay. so so that was a long time ago. I, I remember being impressed with them then. Um, what I had forgotten is how much I like uh, the singer's voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Tommy's great, great voice, and I like b- being being an old punk rocker myself. I really appreciate mm-hmm. the um, punk rock aesthetic to their to their music. It's like um, it's like hardcore punk rock with a little bit more sophisticated rhythms. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Not uh, sure. When you're talking about punk rock, do you know any of their history? I don't know. Uh-uh. Okay, so Tommy was the sound man at CBGB for years. Oh, yeah. This makes and that's, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when they founded Prong, it was him. It was three of them. They've always kind of been a, a trio, and it was Tommy and the bass player was the doorman at CBGB. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, yeah. that's great history. That's really so, cool. So they're they're so, in the punk world. So they have they have a pedigree, definitely. Yeah. Yes. So so yes, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the production. I enjoyed the song. Um, I'm I'm generally going to have negative things to say about uh i'm going to balance things out the the ooh rhyming thing at the end mm. of every uh of every line started to get on my nerves just a little bit <laughs> because it's it felt some of the words felt shoehorned into me like we've got to find another ooh word so let's put that one in there and then and then the lyrics sometimes came off a few lines came off a little bit hokey to me because of that like i thought ah if you just had gotten yourself out of that. I understand why they did it because it's a certain mood when you do the when you do the ooh thing and they're trying to convey a, a certain feeling with yeah. that. But uh, for me, it just bothered me a little bit. Uh, not enough that I disliked the song, just that uh, you know. It's, it's I like you. So. I get what you're saying. I totally understand that, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. But I did like what they did with it. When they kind of did, it's kind of like uh, fake gang vocals on the last word on several of those. Like, I feel like they just layered Tommy several times because it didn't really sound, it just sounded like Tommy, but bigger. Sure. But it kind of sounded like fake gang vocals on the ooh and the ooh. <laughs> yeah, which is a which oh, cool. is a technique that's still used in the studio today, but used to be used all the time, like almost every chorus you're going to at least double the vocals, if not yeah. triple and quadruple to make it sound really thick and, and big. So, yeah. you know, that's probably, probably why they did that. And it, it was very effective. I agree. I thought, yeah, I think it was cool because they just did it on that final word. So yeah. it wasn't like they were making him sound bigger on the chorus. It just, they punched those words. Yeah. So I think it gave it a rhythm and a pace that was different than the breaking point, which I really dug. Yeah, and, and I love that uh, the line is better to be living than to be of no use. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, and that you know, like I said, 
this song also to me sounds like quintessential prong like there's so many elements that tommy uses over and over again here oddly enough this song did not have any of the pinch harmonics which is almost like signature prong so uh, which is i mean that's fine it's cool but uh i one of the things that i wanted to mention was the it's the opening riff and it comes back later but part of it almost sounded a little bit like uh, the main riff from Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth. The da 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 It's just, it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of that same. It's, it's real close. It's in that wheelhouse. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Just something I picked up. I was like, Oh, I know that. <laughs> well, we're not really answering it, but will I listen again? Yes. Because the album will come out and then I'll listen again. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's prong. I always listen to prong. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, well, I would li- I would listen again. So, for sure, cool. All right. Well, let's jump into the actual album, and I can't wait to hear what nasty things Kevin has to say about these. Oh, <laughs> you just you just wait. He's Morgan Rose killer. is the worst drummer ever. <laughs> not true. Not true. Um, <laughs> well. So let's go ahead. Um, the, the album's called Truth Killer, and um, mm-hmm. the first song is called I Might Let the Devil Win. So, uh, Kevin, I, I know you've listened to the show, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we're going to decide if we thought it was a good album album opener or not. Okay. So uh, who wants to jump in? Uh, I will. Okay. This is, it feels like an odd choice for an album opener for them. Um. It is very mellow, which, you know, they've done here and there, but uh, I don't know. It struck me as an odd choice for an opener because I feel like, especially with heavy bands, you kind of want to draw everybody in with, you know, a good ass kick in right off the bat and say like, yeah, we're back. Yeah. You know, something. So it's kind of an odd choice for that. It is not a terrible song. I like the song a lot. LeJohn sounds fantastic, which I mean, I'm probably say over and over again in this review, but it's just not what I was expecting. So yeah, it's weird. Okay. Kevin. Um, So I loved that song. Uh, And I'm coming at it from a little bit different angle, probably because I'm only tangentially um, familiar with Seven Dust. I don't really listen to Seven Dust. It's not exactly my kind of metal, although there's a lot of metal I like. So it's not exactly my kind of thing. Um, but I was really intrigued with the with the opening um, electronic drums, mm-hmm. um, the kind of weird swingy thing. At first, it, very first, I thought, man, why couldn't they have just done this with a real drum set? Um, but then the more I listened to it, the they more do a I, lot of programming. The, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. aware they do a lot of programming, but I th- kind of thought, well, you know, you could have you could have just done that with drums. But then I started thinking it really adds to it in in the way that it's it makes it kind of cold, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So it's, I I felt like that was after I listened to it for a little while, I thought the harshness of it was kind of a contrast to the style um, that was happening in the beginning, and then in the middle of the song when everything full kicks in. Is just such a great surprise. Now, as an opening song, um, I might, 
it, it did it did intrigue me i think maybe i wouldn't want it to be an opening song for a different reason than you and i don't want to give away my opinion too much of the rest of the record but that kind of built my expectations up as um, somebody who doesn't listen to seven dust and then i kind of felt like when we went from there to everything else it didn't seem like it met the expectations that were set up for me so from that standpoint i I almost think that if the the last song i'll talk about that later but the the last song would have made a great opener um the last song on the record would have made Mm -hmm. a great opener because i think those two flip-flopped would have worked I, i agree yeah yeah okay so um i'm on team kevin here I really like this song. This is a, probably a top two song on the record for me. Um, and I, I, with you guys, it was not a good album opener. Um, I, I actually thought Truth Killer, the next song, could have been yeah. the album opener as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yeah, I love this song a lot. I thought it was really good. He's, his singing is just spot on, and it's just a great song, just not I, the opener. To be clear, I really like this song. I just don't. Yeah, it's not a good album opener. <laughs> Uh-huh. One thing through mm-hmm, you guys sure, off Andy. somehow, but <laughs> but one thing I did want to mention that um the vibe that I got from it right away was kind of like a Mike Patton thing. Did either oh. you guys can I think that like no like mm-hmm. it kind of sounded like some of the softer um old faith no more stuff, okay. maybe you know, or maybe even some Mr. Bungle, like just some of the stuff where he's you know, the mellow stuff before the the calm before the storm stuff. So I don't know. For some, it was the first thing I thought when I started singing. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of like Mr. Bungle or something. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, the next song is called Truth Killer. And I'll start just simply because I thought this would have been a great album opener. And for the reason is it's harder, like much of the record is, mm-hmm. but it's still friendly enough that it's almost radio friendly where it can bring somebody in. It's got a really catchy chorus. So it has those elements you usually have with um, the opening track plus it's the title of the record too so um, i like that a lot and then this one had a really cool breakdown uh followed by a little bit of a growl we got the first growl on the record and uh i I don't know i like this song quite a bit should have been the opener so okay so this is where i started where i will start i guess talking about the vocals so one of the cool things about Seven Dust is they have three vocalists. You have LeJohn, who's their main singer, and you have Clint Lowry, who's one of the guitar players, and he sings, I mean, he sings parts by himself, but he sings with LeJohn a lot for really great harmonies. And uh, some of the yelling and screaming is done by Morgan Rose, who's the drummer. So... Sometimes it's hard to tell if you listen to seven dust enough, you can kind of pick that out. Or if you watch the videos, like they'll show that, you know? Um, so this one had a lot of LeJohn and Clint singing together and they sound amazing together. And then I think, yes, this is the first time we really hear Morgan kind of yell a little bit and whatever. So yeah. And, uh, you know, this, I mean, this is what Seven Dust does. It's the heavy guitars with the melodic vocals. They're able to go in and out of 
kind of moods and get super heavy, come out of that, get a little melodic. And I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's what they do. That's seven dust. So yeah, this is is a good song. And yeah, I think this would have made a better album opener for sure. Um, Okay. So here's, here's where the negative thing starts for you. So so embrace yourselves. There's this, I I did like this. I, I did like the song just fine. Um, would have been a better, a better album opener to definitely, but the, um, there's this rhythm that happens. Okay. And this, and it happens a lot in a lot of music really, but in metal, you hear it a lot. And it's this, it's this bump, 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 pop, bump, 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 pop thing. Right. Um, maybe it's just because I feel like I've heard it so much that happens in this song. And it, and every time I hear it, I think, it's a little cliche for me. And so I have a hard time concentrating on anything else because once that comes in, it starts to bother me. And by the way, so I went through the record and I counted how many times, how many songs that happens on. <laughs> Six of the 12 songs <laughs> have that rhythm. And it's like, and it, and actually, and some of the songs that I really liked had, had that rhythm also. So it's not like I hate that rhythm. It's just that I couldn't get, I couldn't get past it. And it's probably just, it's just a me thing, you know. I'll probably get a lot of hate for that, but um, but it's just a it's it's a thing for me, you know. I started hearing it, and I was explaining this to some of my friends. We were talking about the record, and I was like, "Ah, it does this thing." I have a friend who's a big metal. He's like, "Yeah, but that's like metal, you know. You do that. That's a very common metal rhythm." I was like, "Yeah, but does it have to be though?" <laughs> <laughs> so, but but I will say uh, to the vocals, um, the production. The production on the record as a whole, wonderful production, great playing. Um, I, the vocals are very, very good, very clean. Uh, the harmonies are very clean. So I did I did enjoy those aspects of it. So. I appreciate that just because, I mean, you're a drummer. So, right. of course, you're going to hear that, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, we may or may not because we are not musicians. So that's totally fine. And but it's a review. It's all about your opinion. Um yeah. I will say, I think Seven Dust can fall into formula sometimes. Um, there, I mean, and that's on this album. I heard that a lot. I heard, I'm like, eh, it sounds like a Seven Dust song. Eh, yeah, that's Seven Dust. You know, I mean, it is. It's a thing. And I guess it just depends on if you're a fan of that or not. So, you yeah. know, it, yeah. it is totally. what it is. Totally. Yeah. So there's another. Um... Like if you're talking about like counting things on the record and being formulaic, there were a lot of songs that started off like came in real heavy and then quit and then soft vocals come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened on quite a few songs too. I started noticing um, and I didn't dislike it. And, and I'll just, you know, one of the things that I, that I would say about the record as a whole, I think is what you guys are kind of getting on right now. To me, this felt safe. Like it didn't feel like a lot of risk. Like we're going back to yes. to that same beat. There. Monday, you got oh, it's the Seven Dust song. It just feels yep. like a safe record. Yes, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. So yeah, okay, yeah, you said that better better than I would. Yeah, it's, that's that's just exactly what it is overall. It felt felt very safe to me, and mm-hmm. um, not you know I, I listened to your review of, of the Avenged Sevenfold, the new Avenged Sevenfold, which uh, as you know has a lot of weird stuff on it. Um, but I thought it was, I really like that record for how adventurous it is. 
And I kind of felt like, and that's what I thought I was going to get when I heard the first track of this. And I think that's why my expectation soars. I thought, oh, they're going to yeah. be that kind of a thing. That's this is going to be mm-hmm. cool. And then sure. I went, okay, it's a bunch of formula all the way down. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the next one was "Won't Stop the Bleeding." A pretty bleak song. <laughs> kind of, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, just accepting defeat almost. Yeah, I, that's, I really like the chorus on this. I mean, it doesn't send a good, uplifting message, but yeah, the chorus <laughs> is. Yeah, the chorus yeah. is. You know, this good thing happens to you. This good thing happens to you. This good thing happens to you. But it won't stop the bleeding. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I, I kind of dug this song. I actually liked Morgan's drums on this song and the chorus, and I feel like it had a really strong finish. Like the the jam at the end kind of mm-hmm. let it out pretty well. Yeah, it was catchy, Kevin. Yeah, I, I agree. That um, and one thing it, it may surprise you to know that as a drummer, I don't actually listen to drummers all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to listen to whole whole songs. But what struck me about this this song in particular, but but the whole record is Morgan's drumming is just spot on, amazing and clean on the, this mm-hmm. whole record. It's just, I mean, you kind of you kind of expect that from him, but uh, just just amazing drumming, yeah. And oh, and the sounds, the drum sounds are just like so clear, and I feel like you don't always hear that in metal music, especially these days. It gets kind of you know you get that very compressed snare drum sometimes mm-hmm. uh, and it all sounds like one instrument and you don't hear the separation this record the way it's produced the drums are produced so well you can hear the toms all you can hear that they're all separate instruments um the snare drum has a really nice natural sound to it which i found really refreshing so very cool all right um next song is everything uh this one sounds like it could have been uh, like a radio song almost it's another another catchy chorus they have a video for it oh is there okay there's Uh, i think they've got four videos out right now and this is one of them gotcha i'll have to check it out because i I did like this song quite a bit one thing i liked and i don't even know exactly how you explain it but it felt like it had this super heavy guitar tone in the front and then kind of riding back here somewhere was a guitar tone totally different tone a little bit higher but the two working together i thought really sounded really nice on this song yeah, um, I you know they they are very prone to using kind of the electronic backing tracks here and there, um, which is fine. I think it works on a record, but when you see them live, it's I mean it's all you know. I I think it's either Morgan just hitting a pad and that plays, you know, or somebody at the soundboard with the laptop. So. You know, it, it's fine, but and it sounds great on the record, but it's you know, it's I can take it or leave it live. But I, I think that worked really well on this song. And again, it's another example of the three vocalists working really well together. Yeah, I also had a note about the guitar, about the two guitars layered like that in the in the octaves. I, I thought that sounded really good. And they do a lot of that. Um I, I've noticed that there aren't a lot of riffs, and I guess that's kind of their style that there's a lot of guitar wash on their music. Um, but I thought particularly on this song, that was very effective. Um, I, <laughs> I also said my, my snarky note was at least it changed <laughs> because we had just come <laughs> off of that rhythm from the last one. I was like, Oh, it doesn't have that rhythm. Thank you. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be beating a dead horse on that one. That's that's okay. <laughs> He's got his name now. He's the snark master. I don't. I mean, I there have been reviews we have done where I've had almost nothing to say because I hated it so much. So you're, everybody's you hated least, one album differently. It's just yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, you are at least offering constructive criticism. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Not that anybody's gonna take it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Ask teabags about Florida. <laughs> nothing doing uh next song no revolution i believe is the next one yep and uh another song with a great strong start um mm -hmm. and another one about futility <laughs> this one is super yeah. bleak no change no faith no resolution no love no hate no revolution it was just uh, yeah yeah but uh i did like it um uh, there were a cool breakdown for vocals in there that was good this was one of my highlight tracks. Uh, it came in hard, which, you know, I'm never going to be mad at. Uh, the Vince's bass tone on this, I thought was really killer. Um, they were able to highlight him a little bit in this song. Uh, I feel like he tends to get lost in most of their stuff. Um, so it's nice when he can, you know, they can isolate him a little bit and you can hear Vince going off um this is another one that ended really strong the groove at the end i thought it was really cool but i i liked no revolution quite a bit yep. yeah this is one that um, i noted that oh this this one has the rhythm in it by the way but but this is one of the ones that had the rhythm that i really did like the song um i particularly liked the melody of the chorus in this song the harmony and the melodies of the chorus i um there's there's some harmonies that happen on the guitar. There's this um, kind of um, JPP can talk to you about it sometime. I guess a, a suspended chord that happens on the guitar that was that causes a little bit of tension at the at, at the ends of a couple of the lines that I thought were really interesting. And um, you know, we talk about music being about tension and release, and I really felt like that added to the song quite a bit. And I I, I felt like of all the songs on the record, this had one of the more interesting melodies. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I liked it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, the next one, Sick Mouth. This one is super personal song about taking power back from a predator after a molestation event. Uh, so I think lyrically, it's just a super powerful song. Um, I love the music changes that happen throughout the song. Mm -hmm. um, just didn't stay in the pocket and keep going. I thought it was kind of. Uh, had some nice changes. I really like this song um, and just knowing the message behind it makes it even that much better. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, again, this is the, you know, fantastic vocal harmonies that they do so well. Um, the actual, the vocal melody I think is really cool in this one. And um, yeah, just the, the heavy parts when they come in are absolutely killer. And yeah, I agree. I, you know, the message with the lyrics is, Pretty killer. Yeah, so I was, um, I, I liked the lyrics on this one. Musically, it didn't, um, it didn't grab me so much. It didn't, I didn't, it didn't strike me as all that different from some of the other stuff that I'd already heard on the record. So, um, but, but yes, lyrically, I thought it was pretty strong. Yep. Next up is Holy Water. I just had, man, I didn't. <laughs> It just this one did not catch me in any way. Uh, yeah, this is another one they have a video for, and um, you know the dynamics are there. But at the end of the day, it's like 
it, it just sounds like a decent seven dust song. <laughs> it's not, there's not anything that makes it really stand out. Kevin, did it have your favorite beat? Uh, <laughs> this one did not. Um, I, I wrote cliche lyrics, darkness inside. <laughs> so I kind I, that one for some reason struck me as, um, in particular, I didn't like the lyrics to the song. I kind of thought they were, um, I don't know. I, I have I have this thing when we get to a certain age that when when you try to inject some of the angst that we had, you yeah. know, 20, 30 years ago, I kind of go like, yeah, um, I, I guess the best way to put it is I don't believe it sometimes. Right. <laughs> like that's I want it to be believable, even if even if it's not true. I want to. Yeah, it. I didn't believe it on this song. Yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying. Like this is yeah. When you started talking about that, I'm like, yeah, it brings out my my inner teenager. Um, you know, I was the, the moody long hair metal kid that was writing poetry and into Edgar Allan Poe and, you know, whatever. So, well, I think you're like the whole believability part. You're totally right. And there's something yeah. that Monday and I've talked about so many times on the show when we grow up with these groups and they change and then people mm-hmm. trash them because they change. It's like they were 20 when they wrote that they're yes. 50 now. Can they at least grow up a little bit in the music, you know? And yeah. It, yeah. We just it frustrates us to no end. So and yeah, you're and, spot on with yours. And I think some I think some of the worst music is bands who have aged and then go back and try to recreate what they did when they were younger because they think that's what the fans want. And it is what the fans want a lot of times, but you can't recreate can't. it. And it doesn't it just comes off as you know, show yeah. I don't know. The angry band member who is now a millionaire and doesn't have those problems anymore. It's right. a little bit harder to talk about living on the streets, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. right. but, um, okay. So next one is leave hell behind. What you guys got? This was another highlight for me. Um, I really like, so, you know, I mentioned Clint Lowry, uh, his singing, he, he really, he sings, I think it's the bridge. Clint sings by himself on this one and it's great. I mean, he's a great singer. He really is. Um, and I, I like the, the structure of this song, uh, just, you know, the arrangement, I guess. I don't know how else to put that. Um, and it feels, this one feels like there are a lot of busy layers, but they, I think they come together really well. I, I like this song a lot. So what I'm discovering <laughs> is that Mundy really loves that rhythm. <laughs> okay, and that's okay. We all have our. I mean, we, are, we have. We, you like what you like, man. It's in the name right there, Metalhead Mundy. So. <laughs> but I like metal. I just, just, uh, yeah. This was another one that um, I got. They started doing that. And I went ah, <laughs> stop doing it. You know, but. Uh, you know, I think once, you know, once I get in a mindset, then my, my brain starts doing that. Then I start hearing it everywhere. So um, I didn't have anything else about that one. I put, I actually put that rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JPP chimed in and said, rich rock star lyrics, Metamucil and Maseratis. <laughs> <laughs> well, they hope they get to the Maserati level. I kind of want to hear a song about Metamucil and Maseratis. Though, yeah. <laughs> well, you need the Maserati to get you home fast enough when the Metamucil kicks in. <laughs> Tell George to start writing a song. 
Um, the next one, superficial drug. And what a cool angle to take on um, social media being the superficial drug and talking shit about people and all that kind of stuff. So I really dug this song uh, quite a bit. Musically, it fit in the pocket with everything else. There wasn't anything that was uh, you know, like eye-opening or was a lot mm-hmm. different than anything else, but it sounded great. And I felt lyrically this one was a really cool song. This was uh, this is another one that has video. Uh, I again, they let uh, Vinny shine on this one a little bit on the bass. Uh, always cool to hear some cool grooves going on. They had their pretty ooze in this <laughs> one, you know, little little harmonies on the ooze. Uh, this one I think has of this album. I think this one has the most kind of pop feel a little bit a little radio friendly which i they did release it as a single so that makes sense but mm-hmm. you know i don't i don't hate it i like the song so this this song uh, this is really interesting to me because lyrically and you know I, I tend to read things into places that maybe maybe they're not there but i hope i hope they it was intentional but um i did like this song even though it had the rhythm um <laughs> And there's a part of this song, I think it's during the verses, where the vocal rhythm sounds a lot like this rhythm that you hear a bunch in um, pop country these days. And I, but then you also hear it in pop music. And I almost wondered because of what the lyrics were about, if that was sort of intentional, but they were sort of trying to ape that rhythm that you, because you hear it everywhere. And it's really unlike the other rhythms that, he uses in his vocals. Those kinds of rhythms that were mm-hmm. just like kind of like bouncy sing-songy types of rhythms. I thought that's really interesting. If if that wasn't intentional, then, then A plus for that. If it's not intentional, I don't want to know that it's not. So maybe they're trying to ape that and be subversive with it. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we're giving them too much credit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give them the credit. I'll never know what yeah. the intention was. And that's fine. But they're not going to deny it now. Well, right. Of course we're doing that. Exactly. You rube, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one's called messenger and um, a lot of cynicism and selfishness brought out here. I thought this was a super strong vocal performance song. Yes. I really yeah. dug uh, the vocals on this one and the theme of the song um musically same yeah it was this was not a standout for me other than lejon sounds killer on it which i mean he's amazing so yeah yeah this is the one that was kind of a waltz right that um i i liked i liked that about it i liked the rhythm change that they were doing this kind of interesting waltz thing um and also i thought the vocals were really great um, I, it's a song that I don't think if, if you asked me to sing it to you, I wouldn't be able to, which is one of my bars for wh- whether I really like a song a lot, but, but I, but rhythmically and vocally, I thought it was great. Yeah. Love and hate. Next song, what you guys think? Um, I think the, the riff at the opening is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they do Uh-oh. this occasionally. They do. Kevin's laughing. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm laughing in agreement. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> they do they do this with their songs occasionally. Like they they open with the riff that then comes back at the bridge or the chorus or something. They that's the case here that that riff comes back at the bridge. Um, again, 
all three vocalists in fine form here. I always dig it when they're able to all work in there. And the piano outro is kind of cool, kind of cool way to mm -hmm. calm things down and mm -hmm. go into the little face melter at the end. <laughs> yeah. So in order for me to remember which song this was, I wrote great first riff. So that's why I was laughing because uh, that's what I was going to say too. I really like, there was something about the guitar tone on that riff that was really hard hitting, but not not hard hitting in the way that you normally think of with all that low end in it. There was something really biting about it that I thought was really cool. Um, oh, overall, I thought it was, you know, just on par with a lot of the other kind of like middle of the road songs on the record, mm -hmm. but, but I did really like that. And I'd really like the piano. We all said the same thing about the start of the song. So we hit yeah. the trifecta boys. Yeah. Even JPP said it there <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> yep. Guitar is fun. And he loved this song. Uh, that brings us to the last song, which is called Fence. Mm -hmm. And I love this song. I love the pace. It was different than the rest. The drums were fantastic. And there was a different approach to the vocals which I really dug. And the verses in this, the singing of the verses was just fire. And um, the instrumental breakdown was a little bit longer than most and uh, really cool. I, I thought this was a great album closer. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, sure. Um, I put finally, and I, and I didn't mean that because I was finally done listening to the record. Um, this was my favorite song by far on the record. Okay. Um, that's why I think, I almost think, man, if you put that as an opener, I don't know, maybe I'd be disappointed if it was the opener. That was, <laughs> but, but great, great song. Um, in particular, the drums and the vocals, this did also have the rhythm in it in the, in the little bridge thing, little breakdown mm -hmm. part, but I liked the way they used it there. Um, I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, I just said killer. I, I thought, I thought that was just a, a wonderful mm -hmm. song. Yeah. I was going to mention, this is the fourth one that they have a video for. Um, yeah, this is kind of just a straight up fun rocker. It doesn't have a lot of the, you know, structurally, it's a little different than the rest of the album. So it's a little mm -hmm. more straightforward. Um, not so many part changes. Um, and yeah, Steve, you mentioned the breakdown. I, I like that a lot too. The breakdown and the solo together, uh, those sounded really killer. Uh, I, I liked Morgan's drums on the chorus. I thought that was kind of a cool touch, which maybe that's the rhythm that you're talking about. I Again, I don't know. But uh, yeah, overall, this, uh, this is a great closer. Could have worked as an opener, but I think, yeah, either... I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you, Kevin. I think if you heard this first, like you might, again, like the other song, you might think that's there's more of that coming and there's really not. So it, it, it is a good way to kind of close it out. I feel like it leaves you wanting more because it, it's not. I think I want to say this is kind of a shorter song as well. So, over four, wasn't it? No. A little over three minutes, I think. Thank yeah, you. so this is kind of a shorter song as well. So it's kind of in and out, and you're like, you know, leaves you wanting a little more, maybe. But yeah, 338. Yeah. But. I think it works well as the closer because it, the album builds. You know, you got the soft mm -hmm. opener, so it works. Um, but what do I know? Yeah, yeah sure. That makes sense. Okay, so it's ratings time, boys. We'll let Mundy go last because he's the one that brought this to us. This is 
he's much more familiar with the band than the two of us are. Um, I'll go first because I'm not as smart as Kevin and not as lovable as Mundy. So um, I will give this record a three out of five. I enjoyed it a lot. There was not one song that I hated or was just like, oh, God, you know. But again, like we talked about earlier, it just felt safe. It didn't feel like there were any chances taken. And it all just kind of meshes together a little bit too much. I wish there was a little bit more variety. Um, but there were highlights. I loved uh, the first song, which is, uh, what was the name of that one? That's The Devil Win. Might Let the Devil Win. Yeah. I love Fence. Um, I love Truth Killer. So okay. that's it. Three out of five. And I, I might listen to it. There are a couple of songs I definitely will listen to again. Um, I'll, I'll go with three for similar reasons. Um, I kind for me, if I were, if I were putting something together, I, I wouldn't listen to this entire record again. I, I listened to the whole record twice. I, um, and the second time I kind of had to force myself. Um, having said that, I, mean, I know I, I sound like I'm a hater, but I, I'm not, I'm not hating. If I, if I had to put together a, a playlist or just a record, I would put together an EP out of this that I would really, really enjoy. So first, first song, last song, uh, messenger, um, I think, I think fence was one of them. I'm not That's sure. the last one. That's the last one. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I had, I had, I had a couple others that I really liked um, or that there were elements of them that I liked enough that I sort of wouldn't mind hearing again. But if I'm going to go back and listen to anything on purpose, it would probably be the first and the last song. So, but there was, I, there's nothing that I hated on the record. Okay, so before Monday goes, JPP says three out of five. Safe, non-adventurous, all makes sense. Like I mentioned with Aphex Twin last week, I didn't feel it didn't feel as ambitious as previous efforts. There are strong riffs, though. So I think we all kind of are in agreement with that. All right, Monday. I, def I definitely agree with uh, all of that. So for me, three is like if you're looking at one, two, three, four, five. Three is kind of my middle of the road. That's usually how I take that. Um, I would give this maybe a 3.5 uh, just because it's Seven Dust and I do love Seven Dust. I, I'm a fan. Everything we said I, is pretty much how I feel. Like I, For Seven Dust, I feel like this is kind of middle of the road. I, I don't feel like they're trying anything terribly new. I don't think it sounds very different from their last album. They do fall into formula, you know, quite a bit, but it's seven dust and I love seven dust. So it's not, that's not all bad. That's, you know, yeah. so 3.5 out of five for me. Yeah. It's certainly no Beatles record. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking to two, uh, not huge Beatles fans. So. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I said it. He's trying to stir it up. Uh-huh. Man. And, and just when I was giving him an open invitation to come on anytime he wants. Yeah. <laughs> the, I guarantee Hodge would be more amenable. <laughs> no, that's great, though. I like that you come on and you pick out things that we wouldn't necessarily hear yeah. um, with your trained ear. So yep. um, that's what we like. Digging yep. in and, and different perspectives. That's one of the things that I really enjoy 
when JPP is on is bouncing stuff off of him because he is a musician. And I, there's things that I catch that I can't really describe that maybe he can, you know, so like, Hey, what are they doing here? Like, what, what do you call this? And that's, you know, I, I dig that. So I appreciate cool. your efforts today. Yes, sir. I appreciate being on. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, we are about ready to wrap this up, but Kevin, I want to give you a second here. Uh, just, mention anything that uh, you want to highlight coming up. We talked a little bit earlier, but anything else you want to highlight going on with Jack, the radio? Um, not, nothing, nothing big for um, national consumption. We just a lot of, a lot of shows coming up. We're spending, you know, we're trying to play as much as possible. We have a big, there's a big festival here coming up in September called hopscotch music festival. I don't know if you heard it, but um, we host a day party for that. So we have several great bands on our bill. And so we're just all kind of revving up for that and then trying to shoot some videos. So hopefully we'll have some videos out within the next, uh, I don't know, month or so. Um, some, some additional videos in, in, in addition to the last one that we put out. So. I'd love to get you back here to uh, K-Town for uh, Haynes Apperson. That would be amazing. <laughs> so he's open to it. You just got to, we got to reach out to him. Dude, so. I, I, I am, I'm also open to it. That would be killer. So let's, yeah, let's, let's work it. on it, man. All right. Yeah. We got our marching orders. Kevin says so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Kevin on social media or any place you are, where would they find you? Oh, let's see. Uh, you can find me uh, on Facebook. I'm Kevin Rader Rodenbaugh. Um, as spelled out at the bottom of the screen there. Um, the crawl there. I believe I'm Kevin Rader R on um, Instagram. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Rader R on, on Instagram. Um, and those are the only places I really hang out online. So gotcha. uh, jacktheradio.com if you want to check out the videos. Yes. And buy some cool comic stuff to go with your music. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Metal Ed Monday, where can we find you? Well, easiest places on Instagram. It's just my handle on the show at Metalhead Monday. See the spelling there's M-U-N-D-Y. Why? Because he's lovable, right? Sure. Just ask my <laughs> wife. <laughs> uh, and I am Foggy's Pal. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter that formerly tweeted things but now post things, and that's lame. But uh, that's the way it goes. And uh, you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. No longer Stitcher? Is that no correct? Long, I, don't, I don't know if it's gone yet, but it is going away. Going away. So Stitcher, I don't even know if anybody uses that anyway. CastBox and SoundCloud. And you can still now, again, find uh, album reviews, movie reviews, TV, comics reviews at wanderingsandwoolgathering.com. We got that going again. As a matter of fact, when I get off the show, I'm going to go watch Big Brother, and we do a weekly wrap up and uh, who's uh, you know in charge and taking care of business, and then our predictions for later every week. So you want to check that out if you're a Big Brother fan. <laughs> I know it's odd, but better you than is. me, buddy. <laughs> I, I do this with a gentleman that I met on the Brian Bendis message board nice. in the early 2000s, and That's awesome. uh, we connected through writing, and so we get together and we go back and forth on the uh, article every week. So it's a lot Very of fun. Cool. Very nice. All right, Kevin, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. And Bye. seriously, open invitation. If you ever get in the itch and just want to pop on, just say, hey, what you got this week? Uh, I'd like to come on, and we'll have you on the show. Awesome. We'd love to do it. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. And um, I 
hold on. I got to stall because I don't have the outro ready yet. <laughs> Kevin, sing something. Go. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs>